Hi, and welcome to The Turbulent World with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. Saudi and Iranian sports have politics written into their DNA. Little more than a decade ago, Saudi Arabia fielded three expatriate Saudi women athletes at the 2012 Olympics in London to avoid an International Olympic Committee IOC ban on participation. The IOC had made fielding women athletes a condition for Saudi athletes alongside Qataris and Bruneians competing in the tournament. At the time, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Brunei were three countries that had never included women in their Olympic teams. Today, women's sports is a tool in Saudi Arabia's effort to cement its position as a global player and leader of the Muslim world, defender of Muslim rights, and arbitrator of what constitutes moderate Islam. In the kingdom's latest move, the Riyadh-based Islamic Solidarity Sports Federation, or ISSF, warned that a ban on French women athletes wearing a hijab or head cover at next year's Paris Olympics sends a message of exclusion. The Federation groups representatives of 39 Muslim-majority National Olympic Committees and governmental youth and sports organizations. It is headed by Saudi Sports Minister Abdulaziz bin Turki al-Faisal, a member of the kingdom's ruling family and former racing driver. Last week, the IOC insisted hijabs would be allowed inside the athlete's village at next year's Olympics but stopped short of applying the rule to the French squad. The IOC said it was in touch with the French Olympic Committee to further understand the situation regarding the French athletes. Earlier, Sports Minister Amélie Oudéa Castera told France 3 Television that no French delegation member would be allowed to wear the hijab to support France's strict secularism. In a statement, the ISSF asserted the ban contradicts the principles of equality, inclusivity, and respect for cultural diversity that the Olympics stand for. The hijab is an aspect of many Muslim women's identity and should be respected. The ISSF said this ban not only infringes upon the religious freedom of French Muslim athletes, but could also deny them the opportunity to participate in the Olympics, representing their country and inspiring others. The Olympic ban follows the August banning of the abaya, or women's whole body cover, in French schools. By defending a Muslim-majority view in favor of a woman's right to wear a hijab, Saudi Arabia, a dominant force in the ISSF, brandishes its religious credentials at a time when it has lifted several restrictions on women in the kingdom, including in sports, eased gender segregation, sought to reduce the role of religion in public life, and introduced Western-style entertainment. It also comes as many suspect Saudi Arabia may compromise on Palestinian rights as part of a U.S.-led effort to get the kingdom to recognize Israel. In a first, two Israeli ministers visited Saudi Arabia in the last week 
to attend international conferences. Politics also loomed large when Saudi club Al-Ittihad FC refused this week to play an Asian Champions League match in Isfahan against Iran's Sepahan because of busts of controversial assassinated Iranian military commander Qasem Soleimani at the entrance to the pitch. Iranian media reported that the busts have been in place for three years and that Al-Idiyad practiced in the stadium earlier this week without making an issue of the figures. The match would have been the first time since 2016 that Saudi and Iranian clubs would have played games against one another on home soil. In a similar incident in June, Saudi Arabian Foreign Minister Faisal bin Farhan in Tehran for the first time since Saudi Arabia and Iran re-established diplomatic relations, demanded a change of venue for a news conference with his Iranian counterpart because the initially scheduled room featured a picture of Mr. Soleimani on the wall. China mediated the restoration of relations in March. Saudi Arabia severed ties in 2016 after Iranians ransacked Saudi diplomatic missions in protest against the kingdom's execution of a prominent Shiite Muslim cleric. Mr. Soleimani was killed near Baghdad airport in a United States drone strike in January 2020. Saudi Arabia had designated Mr. Soleimani and his Al-Quds Brigade, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, IRGC unit, operating outside Iran as terrorists. Iranian authorities celebrate Mr. Soleimani as a national hero. Saudi Arabia asserts the brigade and Mr. Soleimani were involved in Iranian attacks on Gulf shipping and Saudi oil installations and support Yemen's Houthi rebels and Shiite Muslim militias in Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq. Some 60,000 spectators waited in vain this week in the Nahsh Eshan Stadium as Al-Itiyad refused to leave the dressing room if the statues of Mr. Soleimani remained in place. Although disappointed at being deprived of the opportunity to see stars N'Golo Kante and Fabino, who joined Al-Itiyad earlier this year, Videos circulating on social media appeared to show angry Iranian fans chanting that politics should be kept out of the beautiful game. Some postings suggested that Sepahan players applauded the fans. The stadium protest follows a crackdown on month of protests sparked a year ago by the death of 22-year-old Mahsa Amini while in Iran's morality police custody. Security forces killed more than 500 protesters and detained 20,000 others, including footballers, journalists, and film stars. Seven protesters were sentenced to death in what the United Nations Special Rapporteur on Human Rights in Iran, Javed Rahman, called arbitrary summary and sham trials marred by torture allegations and executed. Al-Itihad's refusal to play Sepahan suggests limits to Saudi Arabia and Iran's rapprochement. The two countries seek to cooperate on economic and other issues without attempting to resolve fundamental differences, symbolized by Mr. Soleimani's legacy. 
Mr. Soleimani's bust suggests that Iran was unlikely to modify policies bitterly opposed by Saudi Arabia as a result of the restoration of diplomatic relations. These include Iran's support for militias in various Arab countries and its nuclear and ballistic missile programs. The al Ittihad incident casts a shadow over Saudi and Iranian efforts to manage their differences to prevent them from spinning out of control. Relations could further sour if the kingdom concludes a legally binding security deal with the United States as part of an agreement involving Saudi recognition of Israel. On the one hand, Al-Itihad's refusal highlights the fragility of the Saudi-Iranian rapprochement. On the other hand, like the support for French Muslim women athletes, it reinforces the kingdom's positioning as an authoritarian, yet socially more liberal and moderate Muslim power, opposed to religious militancy, including Iran's brand of aggressive militant Islam. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maximizing impact. I'm determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you. Take care and best wishes.